Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hi, how's it going? Forty. G'day, fellas. Am. And a good evening, lovers, on this wonderful Valentine's Day. And your host, Hamish. All right, talking about love. Uh, on the weekend out, uh, where were we? Kellyville. Three zip. Um, let's crash straight into it. So, review of the SG ball. Parramatta Eels 28 to the Balmain Tigers 10. Parry with a double. So, that's the younger Parry. Is that the older Parry? No, Cody, you're the younger brother, yeah. Uh, the younger. Uh, younger Parry. Uh, Vavella, uh, Arthur. Spence and Geimer, and then two off the boot from Lynn. So uh, dominant performance there. Ham, you were out there? Yeah, uh, warm one. I actually forgot the sunscreen on the back of the calves, so the calves are very red and sore um, <laughs> for the past couple of days. Um, yeah, just a all-round dominant performance. They never looked like losing this game, really. I know, um, I believe the Tigers scored first. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan, you bring off that grubber kick back towards the posts. Yeah, but other than that, it just cruise through really they probably could have put on well, I remember saying if they held the ball at halftime they could probably put on four or five more tries mm-hmm. um, at that point and they, I mean they didn't but they, they never looked like losing this one no and unfortunately Josh when missing a few conversions there not by much but just at the side of the post sort of making that score and even closer than it could have been otherwise by far our most comprehensive one of the day wasn't at ham this was a really strong sort of tone setting victory from the forwards um, Matty Arthur was very good again Having that lethal little left edge combination with both uh, Cody Parry and uh, Devonto Vivella. And really, the only issue to come out of this game, because um, I look for his team list, uh, Upper Twiddle had a nice game. Ethan Sanders looked really strong this week, really threatening the line of every carry. Uh, but the only issue was uh, the injury concern to Richard Penasini. Uh, he went down with what we believe was a shoulder injury, was it, him? Yeah, it's definitely an upper body injury. Um, so I remember, that could be yeah, bicep, pec, shoulder. shoulder so there's a whole raft of things it could be. Uh, but, yeah, this team's looking pretty sharp. Saxon Pryke came back in. He looked good oh, on the What edge. an injection he was. Just full of energy. Looks to put on a bit of good weight. Um, just constantly, you know, it's another, you know, a lot of people don't only listen about uh, what we say about these players, but it was just a typical Saxon Pryke game, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the forward pack's just full of these guys, isn't it? Sam Tuovati we rave about all the time. Another strong game. Lance for Lima quite sold as well. Uh, I think the only other concern was Will Lewis uh, got a bit aggro at one point. Uh, with a, it was a late-ish shot off the ball on one of the halves. So I don't know if he's got a case to answer there, but he got penalised. But yeah, on the bench, Paddy Spence, what a job he did, Ham, coming into the game. Uh, usually, I mean, we know he was a fullback in the past, but now he's sort of transitioned to that dummy half utility. But he comes into this game early because of the Richard Penasini injury gets thrown out into the centres. Scores a 90-meter intercept try. You know, just you know, ca- casual things to do off the bench. And I, I like to think that I, I'd get a try assist for it because we were close <laughs> enough. <laughs> and he was he was still looking to pass the ball at this point. And I just said, go for it, Patty. You've got him. He and he held it and he scored. So I like to think that I gave some words of wisdom to the young fella that he took on board. Uh, Seb Piocala had a <laughs> Call me game. coach. Call me coach. <laughs> uh, Seb Piocala had a great game off the bench. He was very good, very strong. And uh, big LeBron Tuala. Well, it's a learning process for him, isn't it, Ham? Had some really good first up touches, but in the withering conditions, uh, you could see he got gassed and, and started to struggle a bit, had a few errors. Uh, he did manage to peg back a few errors in defense too. He got a penalty and a, a drop ball on the defense back in the end, but probably a, a tough outing for the big fella, but still there were some nice touches early on. Yeah, you can tell um, he's not playing to his size just yet, but no, that'll come with yeah. age and everything. Um, but yeah, as soon as he got gassed, I think he made four errors. 
it was, it was three or four in a row, and then I think he got two back technically, although one was a real 50-50 call that uh, went our way. But, yeah, it's a learning process. And yeah, fortunately, look, and, you know, if, if fitness is his problem, then you, you can fix fitness as long as yes, you've got sir. the right attitude. So it'll be a big, you know, I know that we've still got seven rounds plus finals um, left to go in this competition, but there's a long way to go. So you can fix fitness. Yes, sir. And given that he's playing behind a, a really strong opening pairing, it's probably the best learning environment he's going to get. Let's jump over to the Harold Mats, which saw the Eels victorious 20 to the Balmain Tigers 18. Trust scorers Talatena, Perugia, Mugatudia, and Rokosuka. Sorry, Rokosuka, I think I've got that. And Perugia, two off the boot. Yeah, <laughs> a win on the bell on this one. <laughs> they, they, they shouldn't have, again, they were the, they were the better team. Um, you know, the stats are up on New South Wales Rugby League. But again, 10 errors in the game. I know Balmain had 10 errors as well. But you look at every single statistic, and they're in front. They absolutely a very, very talented team. This bunch, because they just you know right across the park. There's a lot of talent here, but for some they just can't hold the ball. And then when they don't, when they do, they're fantastic. They're they're an unbelievable team. Like mm-hmm. they got some really good players right across the park. They just. They just need to hold the ball and then not lose intensity if they do drop the ball. Lincoln Fletcher on debut in this game. Ham, I thought he did a pretty decent job steadying the ship. No, nothing too ostentatious, but just got involvement in a lot of players and helped the team sort of even the kill when things could have gone a lot worse. Uh, for Lurima Rokosuka, nice bit of redemption. He had a couple of unfortunate errors, rucking the ball out and then managed to bounce back with the game-winning try right on the buzzer. Dom Ferruja, another good game from him, I thought. He's been really nice in the first two rounds, a young player that we rate massively. Uh, but I think the, probably the two the two best players I would go for in this game were in the front row, and one being the dummy half, Zaydis Mwanga Tutia, and then Jordan Uta, who I thought was tremendous in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak on Jordy first because I want to speak about Zaydis in length. Jordy just aggressive, probably over-aggressive at this point. <laughs> he... Uh, he got in the in the in the thick of it at one point there, but <laughs> he's uh, aggressive with the ball, aggressive without the ball, can offload. Um, I think he's he's when you look at him, he's not big. Like we've seen bigger props in the past, but he plays that Murata style game where he's a Murata's not small by any means, but Geordie's on that smaller smaller side, bit quicker, a bit more agile than your prop forward, um, and makes up for power with just pure uh, aggression and brutality. Anything else to add there? Or? I was just going to say on Zaitis, uh transition from centre slash winger last year. He's not your typical hooker because he's coming from that different perspective. He's uh, he's a bit bigger than your uh, actual hookers you see. That's probably underselling it just a little bit. He is tall and pretty well built for a dummy half. Yeah, he probably should be playing second row the way he's built. <laughs> but that, he's a big boy. Um, I mean, but he's got that different mentality of running. Like this try that he scored on the weekend – a hooker in this age wouldn't try what he did. Instead of trying to burrow over, he went over the top because they're all crouched down. So we just thought, oh well, I'll just, I'll just reach over the top of him and put the and ball stand down. The ball down. Yep. I was like, that's a different way of thinking. I think, you know, what once he gets comfortable in this role, we'll see more of a kicking game from him. We'll see uh, better service. He's still got that lift up. And pass at the t- at this time, but again, you can with his first year in hooker, you can train that. And that unique blend of his athletic frame and that sort of super utility skill set makes him such an intriguing prospect moving forwards, and definitely one to watch. Absolutely, right. Well, the last game that we have on the list here, which I think was the first game played, 
Um, but the Tasha Gales, Eels Victoria 16 over the Sea Eagles 8. Peden Bell and Pottinger all getting over the stripe and a goal to uh, sorry two goals to Bell off the boot. Um, so the Tasha Gales get their first victory of the season. Um, good step in the right direction for the girls. Well, it was a, a rough outing in the first half, wasn't it, Ham? They sort of let the Sea Eagles run the pace for a combination of their own errors and just letting the Seagulls have some opportunities. But uh, through a combination of attrition for the Seagulls, because this was a horrific game in terms of the injuries, and then also just getting fired up in the second half, particularly on the back of the prop forward, uh, Liana or Liana uh, Dimic, who I thought was outstanding in the second uh, stanza, they managed to bring home the uh, the win with the 16 unanswered points. But yeah, it was the, the second half was a big step in the right direction, I think, right, Ham? Um. Well, I'm not sure if this is a shot at me, personally, <laughs> uh, because as you know, I missed the first half <laughs> uh, through my own incompetence. Um, I didn't realise what time it was, so I missed out on that first half. But I, so I like to think that, again, I was the reason why they yeah, won. As, well, soon as, as soon as I turned up... Undefeated. Un, you know, five halves out of five, we won. So uh, <laughs> from what I saw... Uh, again, she went off injured, but Talara Bamblett is, to me, she's NRLW bound. She's she's just got to get her hands on the ball a bit more, which will come with age, but great pass, uh, comes from a touch footy background, so she's got sort of good footwork and everything. Um, probably not good enough kicking for a half just yet. Uh, that's more Debbie Dweet. Yeah. Oh, I can never say this name probably. I'm so sorry. Debbie Dohey. Um uh, yeah, she does a lot of the long kicking at this time, but Talaris, she's a superstar. Went off with a shoulder or elbow injury, I believe. Um, and, yeah, re- really good positive signs for the uh, Tasha Gale at this time. All right, well, let's jump into the other game that was played over the weekend in the preseason Challenge Cup. Uh, Penrith Panthers 22, Eels 16. Uh, try scorers Zach Sini with a double and Lume Lume going over as well. Sean Russell, two from three off the boot. So went into the halftime, 18-4 down. Um, and with all that, I'll just start off the top. You know, uh, I thought it wasn't too bad all over, all things considered, with um, only three first graders uh, Hodgson played fairly well up until he threw that uh, that intercept. Um, but having a look at the other side of the ledger, Pen- Penrith getting four tries, two came directly uh, straight off our errors. So not too much to complain about in that one. But I'll throw over to you, Bertie. Oh, yeah, no. But look, I'm not going to get frustrated. Like, you know, it's a trial. But when you look at the team that we had out there, you know, uh, the people that will be in our, you know, 17 uh, come round one will be Sean Lane, Hodgson, um, you know, like, Gerard Mamasi, I think I got his name right. Like, I, I don't. I've, it was more so looking forward to the future, like who's going to be the, the final bench spot or the final two bench spots, and who is going to be pretty much pushing the case. Um, you know, we had, you know, first, this is my first look at Tony Mataeli. You know, I thought he, you know, he, he's right. Like, he does look similar to Keon Kalamatangi. Maybe it's, you know, the braided hair, maybe it's, you know, the tattoos or something, but like, it just, he looks like him. Um, you know, uh, I want to say for Gerard Mamasi, he looks a bit light to be a back rower, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe we're used to having like bigger. Was, they you know, play middle in Newcastle as well, so that's yeah. a interesting. Like, like, he, like you said, but he's on a little bit of the lightweight side of things, isn't he? Or like you know, like looking at like his lower legs or his lower part of his body, he looks very light there. And I don't know if he's, if he was like you know an ex back converted to you know like a uh, you know back row, but you compare him to Matt Dory. Matt Dory looks you know like a you know built like a brick shit house. You know he's thick and everything, but like um. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, um, I'm not going to, you know, gauge much on it. Look, look at our halves, to be honest. You know, we had Jordan Rankin, who's like a veteran in the reserve grade, and then we had Jake Arthur, who's, you know, he's still developing. Um, I just, yeah, it was, it was just it was just good to see uh, who's pushing that bench spot because, you know, last year I, I thought um, our bench was pretty much our weakest position. Like, we had a couple, we had two people that were pretty much guaranteed a spot, and um, I don't know who who's going to take it. You've got the likes of Rodwell, Makatoa, um, like fighting for a spot. Like I legit don't know who's going to be. We could probably say when when Mato comes back, he'll get a spot for sure. You know, do we go with Mitch Rain? You know, it's unfortunate he had the concussion. Um, you know, I'd like to see more game from more game time from him. But um, yeah, I'm not too um beat up about the result. Um, you know, Penrith are a very good quality side, and you look at you know the reserves, they're pretty 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 good. So yeah, that's all I got. On, that's all I got from from just watching it. Throw over to you, Forty. What did you like? Uh, who, which player stood out for you? Yeah, this was a game where, like Birdie, I'm I'm not too upset about the outcome and, and even the process itself. Uh, on an absolutely scalding hot day against a very good opposition in the likes of Penrith, with their combination of you know graduating flag prospects and strong reserve grade prospects, they're always going to be a good opponent. Um, and this was a case where I think a lot of guys were just treading water in terms of boosting their prospects or not. A couple guys did some harm. Um, I think Ogden, Rodwell, Mamacia didn't do themselves any favours in this game. Uh, but on the flip side, I thought uh, Sean Russell, after a rough start, missing that tackle on uh, Luke Summerton, and he wasn't the only one on that run that missed the tackle, by the way, but he uh, he bounced back really strongly. I uh, thought Matthew Komalafi and Lumi Lumi, who both didn't really get a lot of ball, still found ways to get involved. Komalafi's effort uh, on chasing down uh, Tom Jenkins was actually insane. If you look at how much ground he was giving up because of that intercept, he was going the wrong way initially and still managed to nearly get him. Uh, huge stuff there. But uh, I think probably the player that did himself the most uh, benefit in this game was Zach Sini. Uh, I thought that he had a pretty strong game, scored a try, did some good work rucking the ball out, looked to be building on what he showed last year in 2022. But yeah, the other two players I want to shout out here, uh, not in the actual top 17 from this game, but uh, Betty mentioned him, Tony Mattielli, uh, really strong. Um, I think he had like 120-ish metres, over half of which were post-contact. Uh, looked like a, a really strong ball runner, which is what we expected him. Out of him, that's literally his calling card as he runs the hard lines real hard. And then the other player who got way more game time than he was probably scripted to because of the injury early on in the mid-terrain was Jaden Yates. And while he didn't have a chance to run the ball much, I thought his service was tidy, his defense was really good, and uh, he had a really good showing of himself uh, Considering that you know he got the way more playing, he played earlier in the day in the uh, reserve reserve grade trial, and then backed up into this game playing fifty plus minutes. And him, what more can you say, really? Between thirty and forty, it's all been said there. Um, I've I've been a, been a fan of Dury um, since Harold Matz was really disappointed when he left. Um, really happy that he's back. Really happy that you know that line that he ran Classic. for that trial. Was, Classic. Mwah, yeah. mwah, chef's kiss. Been doing um, that since under fifteens, hasn't he? Yeah, like, come on. He's, he's the one to go for. Um, but, yeah, like, talking to blokes of work, Penrith supporters and everything, and they didn't watch the game. But when you when you got guys like um, Hodgson, Lane, Madison in the team, like, yeah, they're first graders, but they, they don't have to prove themselves. Same with Jamin Salmon, Matty Eisenhuth uh, for Penrith. Like, they don't have to prove themselves. They've already got a spot. So this the first trial is always more... The young guys stepping up to to give themselves a crack. So your Matt Dury's, Tony Mattaelli's, um, Sean Russell's, Zach Sini, um, proved themselves really well. There was a couple of, we've already gone through who um, probably didn't who did themselves more a disservice 
I thought uh, Wirimu was actually pretty good as well. Um, Jaden Yates did, did well. Did um, with Wirimu, was that ball touched, you reckon? Because that came. Oh, it had to have been. It went like 20 metres backwards as a bad pass. You just don't see that, even if it gets stuck you, in the hands. You don't pass the ball that hard. Like, we were flat. The, the team was flat, so there's no reason for him to rocket a ball like he's passing to a halfback trying to kick a field goal. 100% it was yeah. touched. But yeah, I, I agree. Wiramu, and with Wiramu, it's never been about the runs. He's always had some impact. It's going to be – and it's not even about the defensive hits. He can put the stick on. We saw it last year for one of the most vicious hits, legal hits I've ever seen. But it's about the consistency in defense, and if you can prove that, he'll probably be uh, penciling his name in onto the bench in round one. Uh, I suppose the other one we've we got to mention just as a quick shout-out because it was literally the one-and-done super run, but the the big hyphen, Jonte Jr., Beth and Mesa, absolutely double shot. Doubles. Yeah, the double-doubles shot out of a um, cannon. And that, that's my um, – that's my uh I'm petitioning that to be his nickname going forward, Double Doubles. <laughs> Can I just say, I don't pay much attention to when you guys uh, talk to Junior Talk because I don't, I'll don't. i forget the name so quickly, but that's one name. Him and Penasini coming through, that's one name I just kept remembering. Yeah, John Jonte's been a good prospect for quite a while. Just had some bad luck of injuries in the last couple of years. So if he stays healthy this year, uh, I mean, I don't know where his path will take him in terms of 2023, but I'd be expecting some uh, cup time uh, for the very minimum. Yeah, like, um, especially, you know, there's always, well, we should have three players in origin. We'll only have one, but we should have three middle forwards in origin. May even have four, you know, with Hopgrate coming through. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we should have four middles in origin. So, you know, in natural, you got to move up. So, yeah, hopefully get some cup time. And, you know, he had an injury last year in the yeah, preseason. Uh, I mean, he broke a leg right at the very end of the preseason. And given that he's a big unit, those leg breaks take a while to heal, which got him back late in the season. So let's just uh, knock on wood uh, that he stays healthy because that was a nice little glimpse of what he's capable of. And I, I know you, you sort of get to go extra hard in those circumstances where he was clearly only going to play for a couple of minutes to help facilitate a rotation in the uh, forward pack. But, yeah, if he can do that against the Penrith defense, you know, maybe he can do that a bit more uh, as he continues to develop. And Josh Hudson, just on him, he wasn't hooked after throwing that pass. It was the twenty-minute water break. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was only I saw ever going to chat play about him being hooked. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and look, and to frame, put put that sort of frame of reference onto that play. While he clearly overplayed his hand, uh, Jeremiah Masia did him no favors, being late and out of position on that decoy run, which meant that pass was only ever going to go to one position, which was Zach Sini, which made the intercept all that much easier. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to spill too many uh, lollies crying about. Uh, intercept try in a preseason trial outside of that he looked pretty sharp and he didn't have any of his other core spine players in this game no Guffo no Deal no Moses and if you can't throw a speculator in a trial when can you throw a speculator yeah and like like if if that doesn't get intercepted you know the article's complete well the article's written about him is completely different you know it's a solid performance and let's be honest right um, and we will harp on Reed Marty last year for doing similar things where he, uh, he over, you know, he pretty much made his own decision. If we got Moses or even Dylan Brown there, Hodgson's for sure is not passing, is not doing that. But he's just passing straight to the half. So, you know, like you know, you can look overlook it, whatever. But I, you know, I feel as though once we get our spine, you know, as you said, forty, um, Hodgson, he's uh, his playmaking will probably not as um, you know, uh, you won't see it as much, but um, he'll just do the basic uh, stuff right, which is what we need. You know, we were crying for that. Last year from Regis, do your job. Just don't overplay your hand. Just give it to the people who run the team, which is Moses and Brown. So, yeah, I can, you know, I'll give him a pass, Mark, in my opinion. He got free injury, injury free, which is perfect. That, that is by far and away the biggest thing, Bertie, and it's a great way to wrap up that trial 
was we got out of it relatively unscathed, uh, but especially if the core players that were involved there. And for someone like Josh Hodgson, that is huge because that's always going to be the only real hang-up we have with him because, if, you know, anyone reading 60s training reports knows he's been absolutely massively influential on this team in the preseason. There's no doubting he's still got some gas in the tank as a player, but can he just stay on the road? Let's jump into a little bit of news. Ham's on a bit of a timeline tonight. So we'll start with the women's game. So there's in-principle agreement with the NRLW, um, essentially setting a salary cap going forward to the 2027 season with the minimum salaries agreed to starting at 30 grand for this season up to 50 grand in 2027. Um, so from this year, we're going to have a 20-week season, nine regular round games with semi-finals, a grand final, and seven weeks of pre-season, two weeks of leave, which will grow up to 23 weeks by 2025. So in principle at the moment, looks like it'll be finalised sometime soon. Um, perhaps a little bit too much too quick. We, I think we sort of thought that the, they were spreading the talent pretty thin with uh, adding all these extra teams in the in this year. What do you guys think? Um I think the season's all right because you play, you're playing every team once. Look, I, I don't agree with them uh, adding four teams now, but because they have added four teams, you've got to work with that. Uh, Nine-week competition, finals, and then plus preseason. So there's your 20 weeks. Um, I, I don't think the money's enough. You, you, you know, you're asking uh, people to give up. You basically saying this is your full-time job and you're not paying them. Like minimum wage isn't a full-time wage to me because you've also got to consider like danger money. Like People can get injured, seriously injured playing rugby league and, you know, uh, worse. Um, I don't think the minimum wage is enough. Um, but I, I think the I think the season length is right despite me not agreeing with adding four teams just yet. Any other thoughts? I mean, it's good to finally see some gears whirring into motion when it comes to this CBA. It's been dragged out far too long. I think that this... Uh, proposal covers a lot of the important bases that the, on the player side of things they were pushing for. Uh, I did, I did want to see uh, sort of vertical expansion of the competition rather than horizontal expansion. So, not necessarily going to more teams, but adding more depth of uh, competition for rounds and whatnot. So, I'm happy with that regard. But the question now is, given that they've expanded so aggressively horizontally, uh, can you support going up now in terms of the competition round? So, it's going to be interesting to see. Jump. Off to the next little bit of news that came out today, which seems to be all but confirmed. This rumour is that uh, we might be getting Mr. Harper from Manly in exchange for Nathan Brown. Um, in one sense, Brown, he's dropped down to our third string uh, middle forward, uh, sorry, lock. So getting rid of him and his hefty salary probably isn't the worst thing now that he's out of favour. Uh, but the return, uh, not great. No. I mean, no. There are, no one's happy about Morgan Harper. <laughs> you, 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 and I, I, I agree, but at the same time, I was never really expecting anything back for Nathan Brown. So just, you know, shedding the salary would have been a win in and of itself. That would be much better, yeah. if I'm honest. But then then again, I suppose you sort of take a, you know, sort of semi-spoiling what's lying ahead. Like, we're already feeling a little bit skinny in the outside backs uh, with, uh, you know, some question marks over a couple of players, although... We know that you only need to look at our team list this weekend yeah, to have a look at how we, skinny it is. We know that Wong is meant to be fine for round one, but the fact that uh, Hayes hasn't been named this week as well sort of points that his timeline isn't as uh, fast-tracked as we may, perhaps sort of thought. So he's probably going to have to work his way back, maybe not even round one in the cup. He might be back, you know, a week or two from there. So I don't know. Like uh, the, the Outside of that meme game against uh, Talakai, he's been okay, 
But I think that's probably his ceiling too is okay. But in saying that, Tom Opachuk was okay. You know, and he came to us and we, we helped him become a pretty damn good player. So maybe we can unlock Morgan Harper, but just give him a haircut and shave that dirty mo, please. The only way I see it is it's a salary dump. That's, that's the only way I can pretty much see it. We're getting, you know, Nathan Brown's, you know, half his salary or whatever it is off the books. And the bonus, if there is a bonus, is uh, Morgan Harper. Who can, in, in a pinch, fill in if we ever need God forbid, you know, we had those injuries last year in the outside backs. You know, if it comes if it comes down to that, it's, it's all right. But in saying that, um, the one thing I want to... Look, I think we have to... You either release him or you swap him. And if that's the best we can get, that's the best we can get. Because I don't want to head into the season with him just taking up a roster spot and we're paying him because, you know, we're all crying, you know, to upgrade Mattelli, you know, and we're all... Like, we really want players who are going to be playing each year. We don't want to be wasting a roster spot and money. So, yeah, that's the only positive I can see out of it. Okay. Well, it's there. The salary cap... Dumping uh, seems to be the great positive out of it. So um, we'll wait and see. But yeah, I guess a little bit more depth in the outside backs wouldn't be the worst thing. But uh, Morgan Harper, I'm not crash hot on. It's more a depth signing. Let's say it's a depth signing. Oh, look, full, full strength. Because don't forget, Bowie Simonson is also a player we haven't spoken about in terms of the preseason trials because he's also battling back from injury too. But, you know, there's, if we're anywhere near fully fit, Morgan Harper's not seeing first grade, assuming this you know signing is going through. So, yeah, he'd be depth and depth only. Very true. All right, well, let's jump into some preview news. So we'll start with the juniors. Uh, let's start with um, on Saturday, the 18th of February. Um, so we're kicking off. Is it the Tasha Gales that kicks off first? At sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes they, they, they start. They're the last, right, the last game. So this week. Yeah, I've got it up on our website, but it doesn't actually specify uh, who Tasha plays at what Gale time. Tasha starts at uh, 10.30 is Tasha 10.30 Gale. versus Steelers, yeah. Sweet. And then following up, 12 noon for the mat, and then 1.30 p.m. for the ball. Um, so, Ham 40, or either you're going to be down in the Wollongong Shire? No, sir. I will not be. I'll be up in Newcastle. All right. We'll be getting some match reports, hopefully, from there, from some of the boys at TCT. Anybody going to be down there, or are you just, uh, is everybody traveling I think, up to Newey? I think we'll have a correspondent one or the other down there, but I'm not sure if myself or Sixties will be there in person. Well, I'm not, so I'm not sure if Sixties will be, but given that it's going to clash somewhat with uh, any plans, you're going to have to go to the uh, Gosford game. Um, I don't think we're going to be there in person. All right, well, let's have a look. Battle of the two Estella Dwellers in this uh, <laughs> Challenge Preseason Cup, 1916, oh, no. taking on the Eels in 13th. <laughs> Uh, Friday, 17th of February at 5.55pm, as he touched on up at Gosford Stadium there. Is that the one with the with the palm trees at one end? I believe it's it the is, one, yep. Yeah, one of the most beautiful stadiums in Australia, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, because it's called Industry Group Stadium. So The old Blue Tongue Stadium? That's an unfortunate name for a beautiful venue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh. All right, well, let's quickly run through this team list. So for... The Newcastle Knights at fullback, Lockie Miller comes in with Greg. Oh, is Greg Marzu at the Knights? Yep. Yeah, huh. they did a player swap, was it, boys? I think. They, um, was it a player swap? Uh, did some, oh, I can't remember. Speaking of player swaps, man, would you rather have him or uh, Morgan Harper? <laughs> Morgan Harper. Uh, Morgan Harper. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, for those who have been listening for a long time, the old Greg Lepsy, where I'll change his name to Marzu. He's been back and forward between the Titans and us and now appears at the Knights on the wing. Can carry a ball back, but uh, beyond that, uh, the skills 
don't really transfer. Uh, on the other wing, Dom Young. And then in the centres, Dane Gagai, Bradman Best. In the halves, you've got Kalen Ponga, who is the captain. So he's moved to six. And Jackson Hastings at halfback. In the forwards, Dan Saifidi, Jacob Saifidi. Jaden Braley returns from injury at hooker. Tyson Frizzell, Lachlan Fitzgibbon in the second row with Kurt Mann at lock. Then their extended, uh, then their interchange benches: Felix Crosland, Leo Thompson, Adam Elliott, Jack Johns. With the oh, they've got a Johns running out in a Knights jersey. They're good for them. Um, extended bench: Tyson Campbell, Heimel Hunt, Christian Mapapalalangi, Bra- Bailey Hodgson, Brody Jones, Dylan Lucas, Adam Clune, Thomas Cant, Oren Keeley. Far out the reserve goes forever these days. <laughs> Uh, then to the Eels, we've got at fullback, Captain Clint Gutherson. On the wings, Isaac Lumi Lumi and Sean Russell. In the centres, Will Penasini and Zach Asini. The Yeah, the Sini Sinis. Um, in the halves, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. Forwards are Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Hooker, Josh Hodson. Second row is Sean Lane. Matt Dury gets the nod this week after his performance last week. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood starts at lock. The interchange bench is Jack, uh, Jake Arthur, Jack Murchie, Makahesi Makatoa, and Wirimu Greg. The extended bench is Jordan Rangan, Ofehi Ogden, Jura, Mamasia, Kai Rodwell, Tony Mataeli, Matthew Komalafi, Jaden Yates, Ryan Madison, and Luca Moretti. Uh, so we expect probably about 40 minutes of action, 40, 40 to 50 minutes of action for some of the um, first grade guys, and then we'll start subbing off. I think you bang on uh, there. Yeah, they usually get 50. Oh, I know the, the halves usually get 50 to 60 um, in recent years, and then sort of we sort of filter out. But with the cap on play, because usually we just have like 40 players on the bench. And then they will get one or two minutes when they see fit. But with this one, like you know, or the halves golf, I suppose Arthur and Rankin come on. The options on the on the in the centres and out wide, Kamalafi. That's about it on for the backs. So you might our backs might be getting a bit of a bit of a, more of a run this again this week. Assuming that there is a Reggie's trial running prior, they'll probably still be able to pull guys up. I think just no, but from from because this is oh, because it's an official challenge. thing. You're right. You're actually, yeah. they can only name tw- name and play no, twenty. Specifies another reason why the challenge is so yeah, dumb. Yeah. Clubs it actually specifies on the NRL team list page. Clubs are able to field as many as twenty six players in round two matches. So yeah, there you go. Very interesting. So you'd yeah, think, you'd think that Lumi Lumi probably plays his game out on the wing with Kamalafi replacing Russell, and then Russell maybe going the fullback as they you know start rotating guys out because there's no one really to play fullback on the bench. And like, just looking back at the, the, the history of the preseason challenges, the last one was that Maitland game, 26-6, back in 2018. Oh, we don't talk about um, that so, so, so what we're going to do this game to get the reverse reverse mock is we're going to lose this one, 26-6. Not to mention, we were also all in attendance of that game pretty much, weren't we? I think Birdie was the only one that didn't make the trip because you both both your Hamishers were there. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we went to that one and watched us uh, whip the, the Knights in a very impressive showing. So, yeah, us not being there should offset any uh, any issues on the field there. Oh, so you're saying I, sh- I should cancel my trip? Well, maybe you can go there. If only one goes. Yeah, okay. exactly. There can be only one. That's right. Highly in the rules in action there. There can be only one. <laughs> uh, Bertie, Bertie, what are you looking forward? I look forward to seeing my boy Pinacini back, see his um, growth. You know, like you look at it um, – when we when he first jumped, you look at the last twelve months from when that Panthers semi final game where we got dudded to last year. Like there's a massive improvement in him. In the age he's more active, born hand, and um, yeah, just just want to see what his uh, you know, his career progression. See um, you know, I've I've been seeing some reports. He looks slimmer. 
which is you know a bit a bit frightening because uh you know I always thought he would be like the you know the powerhouse center with the you know the better version of the Bradman best if that makes sense so yeah um you know and the one thing I'm actually a bit worried is just seeing Lumi Lumi and Sini in the starting lineup like you know those two names I didn't think would even come close you know um, to be in the starting lineup you know and to see them starting you know that's when that's that's what makes me think you know we're probably pushing the Morgan Harper trade but other than that um. Just to see Jermaine Helpgood, you know, you know, I think we got the bargain up the buy of the year essentially, you know, in him. And um, yeah, another interesting thing is seeing Jake Arthur. Like, I'm not gonna hate on the guy, but I don't know. Like seeing him at 14, I just get a bit of you know bad vibes. Like I'm thinking, oh crap, I can't wait for seeing all the all the all the stuff, all the tweets and all the hate he's gonna cop. But other than that, um, it'll be interesting to see Jack Murchie. You know, I don't I don't watch I didn't watch many Warriors games last year, so I don't know you know what type of player here he is. Um, other than that, um. Yes, yeah, you know, Luca Moretti. I know, I, I, I've been a fan of him since we signed him for the Roosters, but, you know, I'm probably running out of chances uh, of supporting him. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it's just good. To, it, it, just something to see how our halves are gelling, you know, Moses and uh, Dylan Brown first up this year. Yeah, um, yeah sort of, I suppose, whatever the result is, the result is. The Knights are playing a lot of new players. Lockie Miller's only come in new. Kalen um, Toilets, Ponga. Um, you know, he's, he's he's played six before, but still a new position. Um, their forward pack is pretty much unchanged, like the starting pack at least. Um, the result is whatever, I, I guess. I, I don't really care about the result. I'm just hoping to see. Um, actually, you know what? I hope I don't see short ball playing around the ruck. I hope we go for long passes continuously uh, from dummy half, so that uh, f- number one, the conjecture around jo- can Josh Hodgson throw long passes. Um, is ended, but also I don't want to see any short balls around the ruck because that's how I expect we'll play this year. I didn't realize there was conjecture about Hodgson's ability to pass long. Oh my god! Ah, yeah, ignoring I, all preseason NRL what media. What have I missed? Yeah, I, I'm in a very happy mental space now. Thank you, boys. I thought the only conjecture was whether or not he has those massive arms or, or, or Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, that's the thing. Massive arms, uh, massive passes. That's yeah. It's basic science. Yeah, exactly. So no, but there, there's been you know I've I've read headlines. That's all I pretty much do. But it's just like, can Josh Hodgson pass from dummy half like Reed Marnie? It's uh, and I can tell you before the games haven't been played. Yes, he can. Um, but yes, I just hope we play like that. It's whatever. I hope no one gets injured. Um, and I hope uh, I hope Jaden Yates gets another go at dummy half for twenty or thirty mm-hmm. minutes. That'd be really good. To tack on to what Ham said about uh, Kaylin Toilets Ponga, it's also Kaylin Toilets. I didn't know I couldn't drink while on concussion Toilets Ponga. Uh, you know, so oh. yeah, you know, just, <laughs> that's a bit too long of a nickname, I yeah, think. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, he's probably just playing dumb, but you know, that's one of the. <laughs> I, I didn't know I could drink while I was on, under concussion protocol. Is you know, it doesn't really pass the uh, pub test, if you pardon the pun there. Uh, but yeah, it well, he went to Newcastle to go to university. What kind of university is he going to? Newcastle. Party University. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in terms, of, uh, in terms of the Eels in this game, uh, look, looking forward to what is essentially a full-strength starting pack. Um, I think with Matt Dory having that decent showing against the Panthers, he sort of ironed out that battle between him and Mamacia, who actually has fallen outside of the top 17 altogether this week. So uh, Jiri's got some serious work to do alongside Ogden and Rodwell to make up for what they sort of lost in terms of pace and progress last week. But uh, I'm not surprised to see Sini in the mix here, Bertie. I know you were, but 
I thought he was building nicely last year, and I think this is sort of the result and reward of doing what he did last year in the New South Wales Cup. And I think a good performance here, Morgan Harper or no, uh, could really put him solidified as the number one backup centre at the club. Um, I hope he can do it because he gives us a, a little something different when it comes to ruck work and uh, just that ability to beat a man if the initial contact. So uh, nice to see him starting there. Big chance for him. A little bit surprised that Lumi Lumi gets the nod over Makatoa, oh, Makato- <laughs> Kamala Hafi. Uh, but uh, that might just be a case of wanting to see what they've got in Lumi Lumi, whereas uh, Matthew, they know he's still like very young and i got some serious ceiling to get to in terms of growth. But yeah, outside of that, really interested to see what Jermaine Hopgood can do on this team. He looked really good in the uh, Indigenous Maori All-Stars game. Uh, he's been very good in the preseason. And his combination with not just the front rowers, but also linking between Hodgson, Moses, and Brown. Uh, really interested to see what we can do with him because I think he's got that dynamic skill set to be as much a middle half as a, a lock forward. So he could be an important link man in this team. And then the bench, I suppose, that's where most of the important selection stuff is going to happen. Uh, like you guys, a little bit, uh, not not concerned, but sort of scratching my head as Jake Alpha's inclusion as the utility player here. The messaging from last year was that this year would be about Jake getting more time in the cup to develop properly as a player instead of getting sort of piecemeal time as the NRL utility. Uh, maybe our injury situation plus a lack of guys sort of uh, pushing their cases has uh, sort of led to Jake falling into this position again, but I'm hoping that for his sake as much as the team's, so if not his sake, his sake more, they actually can get some time in the cup uh, full-time and be able to develop as a player but yeah, keen to see what Jack Murchie does. Does he uh, spell Hopgood? Does he spell uh, Dury? Uh, do we use him sort of as that Swiss army knife off the bench, a guy that can play metal and edges? And then probably that big battle between Makatoa, Greg, Ogden, Momosia, and Rodwell, uh, because they're probably the guys in the mix for those first three rounds until Maddo's back. And then beyond that, Ham, you mentioned Jaden Yates, but he's sort of part of that trio of uh, Komalafi, Yates, and Matteelli. All three of them were very good last week, and I want to see them build because they've got a bit of momentum now. Um, in Komalafi and Yates's case, it's probably not going to culminate in a first-grade selection, at least in the short term, unless there's you know serious injuries. But for someone like Tony Mattielli, who is on a development deal, I believe, this year, uh, he's got a, a real case with a big game against the Newcastle Knights to maybe warrant an upgrade for round one. I mean, I'm not obviously in charge of the salary cap, but uh, if we need an impact guy on the bench... You know, maybe a, a young firebrand like him could be the guy. And he's also, you know, he's that hybrid where he's out on the edge, but I'd easily chuck him in the middle. Like he's, and just he's on the big enough. Sleeves, he's exactly. got the work rate to yeah. play in the middle there. So Yeah, just looking at that bench, you know, does have me a little bit worried <laughs> coming into <laughs> into round one. You know, there's a little bit of unknowns, especially on the bench and, and with Madison out for a while. Uh, but one player, uh, obviously, I want to see is Jermaine Hopgood starting at lock. He played really well in the Indigenous Cup on the weekend. Um, and he'll be the main, a little bit of a link man in our attack. So it'll be nice to have a passing 13 to um, sort of complement, I guess, all of our, most of our forwards are, uh, usually have a pass on them. Probably, maybe you wouldn't say that Regan Campbell-Gillard, but, and um, seeing whether Matt Dury can cement a spot in the second row there as well, because that's the other big unknown, um, really. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very different team to the one that ran out into the grand final. So I guess we'll have to wait and see um, who's going to stick their head up for those bench spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really keen to see what Dury can do running off Mitch Moses. Um, he looked good running off Jake last week. And you know it's fair to say that Mitch is a pretty big upgrade from that. 
in terms of our NRL playmakers. So, yeah, I just his no-nonsense approach to the game I think will suit Mitch really well because in a way it's quite similar to Ice and obviously Ice was a physical phenom. But I think that uh, in terms of the actual ball running, the line running, the utility that Dury provides, you're not losing too much, at least in that regard. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Um, him needs to get away for his hot day, so we'll uh, we'll leave it there. But uh, tune in 5.55 p.m. Friday the 17th of February. Um, him will be down in action at Gosford. I'm hoping we'll all see you on the telly. Uh, but you can grab that up on KO Foxtel and your local radio station. Um, so, again, hoping for a loss on the scoreboard to uh, prevent the mocker from 2018. <laughs> um, but hopefully we get to see uh, a little bit of gel from the spine and um, it'll play out a little bit as to who's going to be getting that bench spot come and that starting second row spot come round one. All right, gents. It's been very fun. Next week we'll uh, do our full season preview uh, once we wrap up the last preseason trial match. And then we've got next weekend off before the main NRL action kicks off and we'll be kicking off the 2023 season on the Thursday night against the Storm. Um, spoiler alert there. Um, um, but, and, wait. But until then, enjoy the last game of the preseason Challenge Cup. Hopefully we can get a little bit further up the ladder. Um, Obviously, there's $100,000 on the line, which every team is really playing for. Uh, but most importantly, no injuries this weekend. Yeah, that's a big one. Right, no injuries. We'll catch you on the next Para podcast. Cheers. Bye. Go Parramatta. Thanks. We raise our voices to the sky.